say just pretty good <laughs> can you can you give us something else to go on peter give us more i want a window into your life i'm a little full from pizza does that help that's how it's going at the moment <laughs> you're all full that's from pizza stuffed of pizza and and cold like, ones yeah in cold ones <laughs> all right peter we're uh, back at it again last week we started our or not last week last episode we started our icebreaker. I'm gonna question of the week. It was the question of the week. Um, hopefully, <laughs> you guys responded on Twitter and through email with your responses to that. If so, I encourage you again. Question of the week is this one: You're on a desert island. You've got allowed to have one album, music album, one video game, and one movie. What's your choices, buddy? Take your time. That is a hard one. That's a hard one. Uh. So what was it? It was movie, video game, and album? Music album, sir. Man. You're going to be judged by this for eternity, so just choose wisely. Trying to think of a video game with good replayability. See, a lot of them for me would be something, uh, some sort of a driving game. Okay. A racing game. That's a good call. Those uh, have a lot of replayability to me. Yeah. I really like them. They're easy to pick up. You and, and I have wasted a lot of hours playing racing video games. So, yeah. Um... I don't know of a specific one that's springing to mind. At the Just go moment. with your instincts, man. Don't uh, don't think about it too much. Jeez, I, I mean, I haven't honestly. I haven't played a racing game in a little while because they got too technical. I don't care about. I don't care if it's um, with. The, it could be like a thirty-year-old. I mean, it'd racing be something game. like like. What was that one we used to play all the time? Well, we played a lot of ones. We played Need uh, for Speed, um, no, Hot Pursuit, one, Colin McRae. Rally game. No, it was Rally Sport. Rally Sport. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Colin McRae's Rally Sport. Rally, Before no. he died. No. And then... We played that one, but there was one on Xbox called Rally Sport. Yeah, Rally Sport. Okay. But it was that's spelled, it was spelled with an I. Yeah, like Rally Sport. On Xbox. Yeah. It was amazing. That so was, that's, that's an amazing game, by the Xbox, way. Yeah, those... Rally Sport... I think there was two of them that we used to play. Yeah, that one and the second one. Oh, um, Burnout. Burnout was good. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty fun. Holler if you remember Burnout. Burnout needs to come back, like, <laughs> big time. I just ran into somebody the other day, and they're like, dude, we need a new Burnout. And yeah. I agree. That was good. 
good. That's a good so, call, so, Peter. Something like that. One of those would be great because um, they they have a lot of replayability to me. Uh huh. So we got video games down. Uh, we're gonna say Rally Sport because we had I think we had the go. most fun with that one. Rally Sport was good for album. Yeah, that, music album. I, that's a really hard one to me because I tend to bounce between. I, I'm a big Pandora guy, so okay. I'll, well, let's, I'll hear let's, something let's, new. Okay, let's say one around. genre then. One genre to make it easier for you. I mean, my genre of the moment <laughs> is I've really gotten into death metal recently, <laughs> oh. melodic death metal specifically. And as a huge nerd, I have to attribute a lot of that to Metalocalypse and Death Clock. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea that I really liked that. So, but that's one again where I put them in on Pandora, start a station with it, and find all these other bands that are amazing that I love like that. I love the corny instrumental, uh, you know, uh, big like symphonies and stuff epic, behind yeah. the metal. Yeah, it's epic. It's corny, but I love it. It's great. It's very uh, cinematic. Feels like it's it is. It feels like a bigger a, than a meth metal version of like John Williams for like Star Wars or yeah. Superman like that Indiana Jones but, but it's got like heavy guitar the and thing like for me with that stuff that I love kit. I can listen to it while I'm driving fast or whatever having fun in the car I can listen to it when I'm falling asleep okay I it's great like it's got a lot of energy yet it's still it's fun to me anyway that would be my flavor of the month okay I suppose that's okay that I would choose now that's okay uh well you said movie and movie sir and a movie this one I'm not gonna budge on oh this is uh, you know what I mean one thing springs to mind that I can watch anytime and it's a really weird one that we'll almost have to do a show about sometime but The Weatherman with Nicolas Cage that is an underrated and film and Michael Caine that is an underrated can, film. That in like office space, I can put in any time and just watch. Ah, uh, Peter, that's a classic. Peter's got some classics. Okay, I'm gonna put it back on me. Yep. So, so what, that, yeah, what are your choices? Okay. Yep. So on me, probably uh, for video games, it's easy for me. I'm gonna choose. Uh, it's my favorite video game of all time. It's a little know. RPG uh, created by SquareSoft, not Square Enix. SquareSoft yeah. came out in 1995 by the Dream Team on the Super Nintendo, Super Famicom, is Chrono Trigger. Yep. It's a time-traveling RPG. I love it. Even just saying the name gives me goosebumps. <laughs> that game, you guys, is a masterpiece of interactive art. It is amazing. If you haven't checked it out and you're into RPGs, you should definitely check that one up. It's up there with Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy VII, Secret of Mana, all that heyday of Super Nintendo, PlayStation 1 games. They're just amazing. Uh, just amazing. My wife right now is like shaking her head like, oh my God, I can't believe you're going in. Uh, for music, uh, that, I think I might have to go to genre too. I don't know. But um, for album that I could probably play, uh, probably, probably play over and over again, uh, just the one, I'm going to I'm gonna be hard on myself and just stick with one. Ooh. Interesting. That's, it's, that's, that's really hard, isn't it? Music it is. is so broad. Yeah, well, because it just changes like the seasons. It does. <laughs> it, you get all philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> no, it does. It's it's a very mood thing, isn't it? It's it a is. very mood thing. It is. But I'm gonna be hard on myself. Um, I'm actually gonna say a month from now, a week from now, a day from now. I'm like, why didn't I say this? I'm gonna say the Blue Album by Weezer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got that on record over it's here. Got, it's got. Oh, do you have it on vinyl? Yeah, I do. Oh, you hipster. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we gotta put that on. I'm telling you that that it's a really good album. I almost said Green Day, Dookie is honorable mention, yeah. Pearl Jam's 10. If yeah. you couldn't tell, I think you kind of know what age range I'm working in. Um, I don't know, Radiohead, yeah, uh, Hail to there. the Thief. <laughs> um, I know you could pick another one through with that one. Um, 
Tribe Called Quest beats Rhythm Life. Yeah. Uh, Beastie Boys licensed to Ill. Yeah, that's always good. Um, Eric B and Rock campaign in full. I, I could go. I could go on and on. There's. Yeah. I I am I'm, I'm a huge uh, punk rock hip hop guy, but I'm gonna go with that one. I'm gonna go with my nerdy side. It always makes me feel good. That yeah. blue album. That's I listen to it over and over and again in my car when I first learned how to drive. It's it's so good. It's so classic. I think it still holds up to this day. I think if you gave it to a teenager, they'd be like, "Yeah, this is not, it's not bad. It's pretty yeah, good. It's not real dated." Yeah. As far as movies go, yeah, this is a hard question. Why did I do this one? Yeah, why? Did I, you? I don't know. I'm an <laughs> I'm idiot. Just <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so movie on a desert island. I'm gonna watch this over and over again. This movie never gets old to me. Yeah. I'm gonna choose. This is gonna seem like generic, but. I'm going to choose Back to the Future. Ah, that's funny. Okay. I love that movie. When it's on cable or when I put it on, I always feel like, and this is very few movies do this, I always feel like I'm watching it for the first time. And, and I don't oh. think everybody feels that way. Yeah. But for me, I feel like it's I'm watching it for the first time. I love it. I think I've discovered everything there is to discover about it. The internet has kind of ruined that movie for me <laughs> as far as like discovering everything. Yeah, all the but up, things. but up until everybody found all the hidden things, ten things you didn't see. But you know, back to the future. Uh, but until that, there was a lot of things to discover about that movie. Oh yeah, that was really great. Yeah. I think it's a well-crafted movie, well thought out. A movie. lot of love in that one. But even even yeah. though I know what's going to happen, I could quote that movie line for line. I just really love it, and I think I could watch it just about every day. Honorable mention to Raising Arizona, yeah, yeah which yeah. is a Coen Brothers movie. Another Nicolas Cage movie. It's another Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is awesome. Came up for both I love ones. Nicolas Cage. That's pretty funny. But that movie, um, I when that movie came out, I think it was in 87, I think I was around seven years old. I watched that movie. We got it from the video store, um, and that was like a three or four day rental I must have watched that movie ten times wow it, yeah. well I'd never seen anything like it yeah I'd never seen it, anything like that different. movie yeah. and for the longest time that was my favorite movie of all time gotcha uh, I don't have one anymore because there's just too much great stuff out there even though I should because I'm that kind of person who's like this is my favorite I'm so dogmatic and like you know, you have to have a favorite this and you have to have a favorite well, that. Well, it's hard to, like, have a serious favorite movie and then have, like... Because, uh, I mean, you can easily have a favorite comedy, but that's not, like... You're not going to say it's the greatest movie of all time. Of course not. So, that is yeah. a hard one. Yeah, it's a yeah. hard one. But, okay, that's cool. I really like your oh, choices, choices there, Peter. Yeah, very interesting. Very thought out. Well thought out, I should say. Anything else going on besides our icebreaker? Uh, no, not that we a should mention? No. No? Uh, nothing? Nothing too big, yeah. I don't think. Going to bury your innermost to the people of the internet? No. Give them a little window into the man who is Peter? No. Glimpse into the Peter file? I'm trying not to do that. No, you don't want to glimpse a Peter file. No, well, Peter files. That's, that's that. Those are your files. That's what I meant. You oh, don't want okay. a glimpse of a Peter file. I should, well, you don't want to get a <laughs> glimpse of a Peter file at all either, but... Peter for people, Files. For people who don't know, you should watch IT Crowd or It Crowd, however you want to say it. It's uh, British comedy. Anyway, we'll just leave it at that. We don't need to go on a whole rant about uh, that, but that's the reference. Peter cut me off before I even started. How's that? Yeah. He's getting good, guys. <laughs> he knows me too well. He knows me too well. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to get into this movie, but before we do this, our helpful automated friend, Spew, is going to take it from here. Warning. Warning. Spoiler. Alert. I am Spoiler Protection Edict Widget, or SPEW for short. You have been warned about the delicious spoilers coming your way. So bask in spoiler country you have cluelessly wandered into, baby. Ah, SPEW. Gotta love you. Now get back in your corner. No, SPEW, you're one of us. Peter, if we had bunk beds, how many bunk beds would we have? We'd have three. That was a terrible math question. We did. 
<laughs> it's not a, it's not a problem solving exercise. It's it's a question you should answer based on our friendship. We'd have three. It'd be one for me, one for you, and one for Spew. We'd each have our own bunk bed. Well, be they'd, they'd be stacked room. on top of each other. Uh, uh, it's a high uh, ceiling. Right, yeah. So who'd be on bottom? <laughs> who'd be on the bottom one? The bunk beds. Keep your mind. Come on, guys. Stay classy. Just remember, keep, I, keep I, your I mind out of the gutter. Keep it. your mind out of the gutter. He, he Stay said classy. It and caught himself. Stay classy. Before anybody said anything. No, because you laughed like that weird chuckle. You're like, <laughs> I didn't no, no. He's talking about something else, you guys. In your window. No, I answered oh. my question. This is a legitimate question. We can't move forward. I will not allow this podcast to move forward. I'll sleep wherever on a bunk bed. I don't care. All right. Peter's got bottom bunk because he's boring. It's fine with me. I got top bunk. Spews in the middle, like seg- settling disputes between Peter and I. <laughs> it's the, the sandwich in our bunk bed. He's, he's the meat. <laughs> he, the he, he's delicious are. metal meat that cracks your teeth when you bite down. Or like the nightmare uh, weekend. He's, oh. <laughs> he's, the, he's the little flask in between the two pieces of bread. Okay. All right. I'm the pumpernickel. You're the wheat. All right. Now that we got that out of the way, Peter, what are we handling this week? This week, we're going to talk about Space Hunter. So this is a little change of pace for us, because this is actually, in my opinion, a good movie. Uh, it's just not very well known, mostly forgotten in modern times. I, I agree. Think, unless you were of a certain age when this came out, you probably never heard of it or don't remember it. Yeah. Uh, even people that do remember it probably just went, oh, I remember that movie. Like, because you probably haven't <laughs> thought about it in forever. Because it's just one of those you, you never hear about. It was. It's very specific to a time period. Would you say... And we'll that, explain that a little bit more. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off you're there. Okay. So it's, Would you say this movie's great? I would not say it's great. I would say it's a good movie because it is well done. It has good acting. I think the budget was there. They accomplished what they set out to accomplish. But it's a product of a very specific time period. And that time period, I can go into a little bit, is yeah. so it was 1983. Mm-hmm. And this is a PG movie, so it's pretty lighthearted, easy to watch. You could watch it with the family. Yeah. It was part of the 3D craze of the early 80s. So there was like Jaws 3D and things like that all coming out at the same time. This was a 3D movie. It was released to be meant to be released in 3D, shot in 3D, and it was that's a big piece of it. It was released just one week before Return of the Jedi, and it was to capitalize Yay! on the sci-fi hype of the time. And so it, there's a lot of um, similarities to Star Wars here. So there's a lot of uh, rip-off characters. Yeah. Um, Ernie Hudson was cast as a, for a very specific reason, because yeah, he's like reason. Lando. They even use a sound effect. And yeah, that's and so Mac is a big Star Wars fan here. Um, I, I oh great, I we're gonna like get so stuff. many tweets and emails how I'm a fake fan and I'm not a real fan. Oh man, um, no, I I I agree with you. Getting yep. back to the, it's I think it's a good movie. It's what Peter and I like to call uh, it's a good Saturday afternoon movie. Yeah, like there's good movies for certain days. On Saturdays, everybody's got something to do. You either got chores or you got stuff going on. But in the afternoon. It's like you put it on in the background and you're doing stuff. You're not necessarily paying that hardcore attention to it, but you might like stop and be like, oh, that's a cool scene or that's this is cool and then get back to what you're doing. Yeah. But you're, it doesn't have to hold your attention necessarily. It's a good um, B movie to have on in the background. But no, like it, it is definitely aping off of Star Wars 
and it's be- definitely has that feel to it. We're watching it right now, and like the the music's kicking in, and the credits are rolling over like stars flying yeah. by. It it has a very generic but full of adventure feel but to it. But you can also see with this opening, uh, the the you mm-hmm. know space hunter, uh, you know it it you know the words pop out at you, yeah. and as we're flying through space here, it's very much they, meant to be three D. Yeah, they zoom in at the screen and everything. So it's 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 definitely trying to capture all of that. And as far as like, and you mentioned it came out. Uh, a week before Return of the Jedi, right. which was, I don't know if you remember back then, now we get Star Wars movies every year. <laughs> but back in the day, you had to wait three years. Even as even as early as the late 90s, early 2000s, we had to wait three years for a new Star Wars movie. Yeah. Where, uh, so this was highly anticipated, this era, and they were trying to get onto the uh, the hype train as it were yeah for Star yeah they Wars. were def- and that that's why I say this is really a product of its specific time yeah. period it was 3d it was what you know kind of the height of Star Wars craze yeah. early 80s there it was very much you know there a lot of sci-fi stuff going on so they were very much trying to capitalize on that and uh-huh. really you know play on that and that's that's what this was so it's it's a decent movie in its own right but I think it's a lot of fun which is why I say it's actually a good movie because I enjoy watching it i i've seen it several times i i really like it um i can't say it's the best thing and it's it's not on any of my top movie lists or anything like that i would never put it no, up there no by any stretch so i don't want to overhype it or anything like no, that yeah. but all i mean is the movies up until this podcast we've we've really just been lampooning them a bit because they've been ridiculous or over the top or they've yeah. been just silly but or something is, but uh, this is actually a pretty good movie it's legitimately it's well done yeah, it's a legitimately good movie. Um, it's it's solid. It's solid movie. I mean, I, again, we don't do grades here, but and we're not getting to that part. We're skipping ahead, but it it's just well done. You know, it's, it's just it's, it's like a fun I said, adventure movie. It's a fun adventure movie. It's not real cerebral. It's not epic or sweeping or yeah. It's not going to change your life. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not like Star Wars. Star Wars, especially nowadays, there's so many movies. And so much surrounding that universe that it's it might be a little bit hard or daunting for somebody to get into. This is something you can just jump right into. It's like a one shot thing. Definitely just enjoy it for what it is and, and not have to worry about, well, who's that character? Who's this character? Or did I, do I have to watch? This is the only one. It's pretty easily just to watch. Yeah. yeah pretty easy just to sit yeah, and watch. It's, easily digest. It's a fun watch. Okay. And even if you're not into sci-fi too much, it's actually even still pretty good if you're, if you're not a big sci-fi fan because it's not too sci-fi yeah it's yeah. not too geeky it's not too it doesn't rely on aliens or gimmicks of the yeah sci-fi it's, it's genre. not it's an adventure exactly film. it doesn't rely on those tropes or whatever yeah it, but i think it's it's all it's made for a general audience yeah so, definitely definitely yeah. i'm just real quick i want to mention who's in the movie um and i know you have something you want to say about this here in a sec but uh uh, so Peter Strauss, he's our main uh, character. He's a guy named Wolf is in this. This is his last name. We just call him Wolf. Yep. Uh, Molly Ringwald is in this as Nikki. And this Ooh. is her only second real movie. So this is before yeah. everybody really knew her. Yeah. Uh, Ernie Hudson is in this, uh, playing a character named Washington. This was a year before he was in Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And that's when everybody really knew him. And then uh, Michael Ironside is Overdog. He is the uh, the evil guy. He's the bad guy 
in this movie. Yeah. So we have a pretty good, solid little cast of characters there. The screenwriters for this, uh, some of the screenwriters were actually from Marvel, uh, Marvel Comics. Yeah, so I saw kind that. Of, kind I, of interesting. I looked up some stuff about this movie because, again, I'm with you. I don't have anything too negative to say about this movie. So I'm like, well, let me look up some quick facts that I don't know because... Um, you know, I saw this movie at, from a very young age, mm-hmm. and so I've been familiar with this movie. And so when you brought it up, I was like, you know what? I'd like to revisit that movie. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I'd like to talk about it. So yeah, I noticed that there was some Marvel writers on there from Marvel Comics. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially for just I don't know. It's uh, it was just interesting. Well, Marvel movies. Well, Marvel movies are big now. They're huge. Marvel TV shows on Netflix. You know, uh, heck, I'm all excited for Punisher. I just watched the new trailer. <laughs> um, by the time this airs, Punisher will have been on the on Netflix for a little while. Oh, is that right? Um, is that coming out that quick? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a couple uh, next week. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, now you can tell when we're recording this. Uh, so, <laughs> well, yeah. um, <laughs> I think people know our schedule by now. So uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, just interesting. The early '80s, like this, Marvel was involved. Some of their their screenwriter or their writers were involved as screenwriters in this film. I'm sure in other things too, but just this one specifically. Yeah. So yeah, Peter Strauss as our as our main character in this um, is uh, we just sort of follow him through this adventure. Uh, what did you, what did you think of him there? Okay, here's the thing about Peter Strauss. I don't know a whole lot about Peter Strauss. I don't think he's a terrible actor. I don't think he's a bad actor. I don't think he's a dynamic actor. I think he is what it is. What you see is what you get. He he's very you know he's he's a good looking guy. He's got a great head of hair, and that's pretty much <laughs> all he brings to it. Um, he's well known for Rich Man Poor Man, which is um, I've heard of it. And I've been trying to get a copy of it from somewhere. It's hard to find a copy of it, but it's based on a novel from the 60s. And very briefly, it's about a two brothers at the end of the uh, World War II. And one of them becomes successful, and essentially one of them doesn't. And that's why it's Rich Man, Poor Man, which okay. is a fascinating story. So it's about them going to war, coming back, yeah. and dealing with the aftermath, and then one becoming so. So there's you can, in your brain, you can kind of like see the conflict within. And it was a very successful miniseries in the 70s. So much so that people even still talk about it to this day. They tell, "Have you seen that?" And I guess there was a follow-up series to it. But he was the he was the rich man. Okay. Spoiler alert. He he's the that's not not a spoiler. <laughs> no, I didn't. They I didn't they, know they, all this they tell you in the description. Yeah. But he he plays the um, one of the titular characters, and apparently that miniseries is very good. And I'm I'm big on miniseries. I don't know. It's it's I love nowadays television has essentially become serialized, and now miniseries are getting big. Yeah. So he was part of that big thing uh with miniseries in the 70s and the 80s there was like lonesome dove uh there was also that one with uh richard chamberlain where he goes to japan and i can't remember the name of it i'm gonna kick myself later for not remembering it but anyway peter strauss is mostly known for tv he's not in a whole lot of movies do you think he's a we're having the same don wilson don the dragon wilson conversation we had from the second episode do you think he's a good leading man uh he worked for me in this let me say that. Now, I will say he's not. You don't. You don't love him. You don't hate him. He's uh, pretty flat. In, in a sim, I see your similarity there to Don Wilson. As I'm thinking about it, yeah, he's very flat. You don't love him. You don't hate him. You, you can't root for him, but you don't want to see him fail. He's very neutral. I I think I see. Is that what you're kind of getting at too? For some reason, I have it laid in my notes because I'm trying. I was trying to get reacquainted with this movie. I remember bits and pieces of it. I don't remember all the plot points. Mm-hmm. But late in my notes, I say Peter Sir, Peter Strauss is serviceable. Okay. Don the Dragon Wilson, I feel like, is a 
from our not to backtrack, but I feel like he there's something likable about him. Not that there's anything like unlikable about Peter Strauss. I just think that again, he's not very dynamic. He's it's very flat. flat. Yeah, flat. That's he does a fine thing. job. I don't think he's a terrible actor. I just think he doesn't bring anything to it. He doesn't elevate the material. If it was a different leading man, it would still work for you. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Pix, he picture. He didn't make the movie, but he didn't break it either. So. No, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. What, yeah. And um, picture Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. in this movie how much better would this movie be yeah a lot better it'd be a lot better picture Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie not that this is his kind of movie but picture it be interesting it'd be interesting it'd be something and Arnold Schwarzenegger is not a good actor but I, I enjoy his presence yeah he, he has he, he definitely has a presence whether you think he's a good actor or not he, he definitely has something. a who yeah. else is, would be good in this movie I was trying to think about that as I was watching it. I was like who would make this movie Peter better? Weller Peter Weller it's would make this movie. Mind. I don't yeah. know why. No, that's a good call. Him. He he could kind of own the role. He would definitely own the role. As a matter of fact, um, you mentioned Ernie Hunts in this movie. I was yeah. like, he would I would, have been a good leading man. He would have been good. He would have been a better leading man in the. In the yeah, yeah. Un- unfortunately, at the time, Lando, yeah, that wasn't gonna happen. You know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I was trying to think of somebody who would fit in this role. Yeah. Who was just like dashing, uh, quiet, reserved. Yeah. I who would absolutely kill this role would be Clint Eastwood but this is not his kind of movie no, at all no yeah but um so I was just that's I don't and nothing against him nothing against Peter no, Shaw no. I don't hate him yeah, he's he just fun. he's just a TV actor to, I, and this movie feels very uh, made just, for TV I'm still picturing Peter Weller from uh, Buckaroo Banzai though well, I just, in this it's perfect yeah it's it, no that's you made a good call that that's actually an excellent Sorry. call Buckaroo Banzai Across the Fifth Dimension that is a, a excellent movie um Peter Weller also in uh, Robocop uh, you might know him from that. If you're talking about this time period, this he would have been, yes. been perfect. He anyway, would have been perfect. <laughs> he would have brought a steeliness to it. Yeah. He yeah. would have brought like an edge to it. Because yeah. he has no... Peter Strauss has no edge in this. And I think it doesn't suffer. Like you said, it doesn't make it worse. Yeah. I think it just could have been... Could have been better. It could have been better. Yeah. It could have been a little better. I get you. Um, but um, yeah, so we're talking about the cast. I don't know if you had anything else about anybody else to say. Not about the cast. No, I'm ready to uh, launch into the story a bit. If all right. Uh, uh, I want to talk about the cast a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. I want to talk about. That was all I had. Uh, Molly Ringwald. Yeah. You guys, I heart Molly Ringwald. <laughs> I'm a kid of the '80s. If you haven't tell, couldn't tell by now. She's just so amazing. I love her from The Breakfast Club. Uh, I love her from Pretty in Pink. Um, so, you know, she, my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, Sixteen Candles. She's absolutely brilliant in that movie. That movie is the best one, even though somebody will say differently, and you know who you are. Sixteen Candles is the best. She's just amazing in this, and this is 1983, and she's like 15 years old. She does not look 15. She does not act 15. Gotta watch where you're going here. No, I mean just like she's very mature for her. <laughs> no, age I know she. It, it, she has a great she screen hand, presence. She has a good screen. She's a really good actress. Spring screen presence she carries herself like an um like a woman you know and i'm just impressed because i was like i was like i looked at this and i was like well this is early 80s she's probably 19 20 no she's 15 yeah and she just i was like i was blown away about uh, how well she handles her craft performance yeah how how well she handles and she's very lovable in this movie we'll talk about that a little later Ernie Hudson, Ernie Hudson, he's not in this very much. He does a good job. He should have been in it more, I think. I think he should have been in it more. Yeah. He brings a little something to it. Um, and Michael Ironside, I can't say enough good things about that guy. He's a wonderful character actor. Yeah. He was in Total Recall in that movie. Um, 
he's been in a ton of stuff. You, if you see, look up Google Michael Ironside, and you know who, exactly who that is. That guy's record speaks for itself. He's been in a ton of great movies. He has like that hard edge, no yeah. nonsense about him. Well, and like you said, he's a character actor, so he's he's sort of a that guy because you might have seen a bunch yeah. of movies without realizing, oh, that was yeah. him. Because even in this movie, he's almost unrecognizable. When you know it's him, yeah. you know it's him. But he's kind of unrecognizable in this movie. Yeah, and that's purposely done that you can't really recognize him. But he is just, he has that certain, he has a very hard quality to him. Yeah, yeah, he's he, very cool. He doesn't have a whole <laughs> lot of range to him, but yeah, he's got a low-level growl to him. Yeah. Like his whole character. Yeah. You know, it's it's very wonderful. So I'm, I'm glad he's in this movie. He makes this movie better. But I love this cast. And this is, it's just adds to this really quality film. Yeah, yeah. So the the movie opens and basically we're shown a tourist slash luxury Starliner ship. It gets torn apart in space. So it's flying into uh, I forget exactly what it was. Uh, they're they're just touring it's around. It's like a it starts to get ripped apart. Nebula or something like that. Doesn't matter. It's on screen for like a minute, and then we get a we see three women. We don't know that at the time, but we see three women who take a shuttle. And they end up landing on a planet. Right. And obviously this is going to be our planet, the Forbidden Zone Yeah. on the planet is what the title is partly about. So as they land on the planet, they get out of their shuttle. They're looking around. They're confused. They are basically attacked by some homeless looking crazy people. And they look like they're dressed in trash bags. I don't yeah, they're pretty. <laughs> I don't know uh, how to describe. It doesn't really matter. Essentially, they're the they're the threat. I mean, it's it's very so. Then some guys pull up, basically in a Mad Max style vehicle, is how I would describe this thing. It's just a big, giant, ridiculous vehicle from the end of the world, uh-huh. you know, post apocalypse kind yeah. of style, and they save them. Yeah. So. We don't know what all that means. That doesn't matter yet. We'll come into play more later, obviously. Yeah, obviously that comes into play. And just to speak to the Mad Max stuff, it's very like Mad Max, family-friendly version of Mad Max meets Star Wars. It's this whole movie. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And it's so great that I don't have to explain what Mad Max is because of the movie a couple of years ago. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> we you, you guys know what Mad Max is. And that's that's the style. This is, but this is '80s Mad Max. So it's it's very like the world's kind of falling apart, and you're piecemealing together everything, you know, around you. But it's also set in the future, and it's also in space. So again, friendly family version, ver, uh, friendly version of Mad Max. Yeah. It's kind of like Mad Max the stunt show, where it's like it's not too edgy, <laughs> but it's it's recognizable as Mad Max. That's that's what the feel of it is. And also, I just want to talk about the vehicles in this. The vehicles, the sets, and location in this movie are awesome. They're they, great. They really are. The vehicles are amazing. Yeah. The sets are amazing. The effects and the makeup are kind of meh, in my opinion. The effects yeah. are, are okay for the time. Sure. They're, they're a step up acceptable. above TV. Yeah. Yeah, they're, no, yeah. they're acceptable. They're, but they're like a step up above TV at the time, Right. I would say. Clearly they're, a second-rate Star Wars, though. Yes, yes. As far as effects. Go. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like a step up above Battlestar Galactica from the uh, 70s and 80s. Yeah. You know, it's it's got a little bit of budget behind it, but that's where it's going with it. But it's got a good feel to it. So these guys show up um, on these really kind of awesome vehicles, which we'll yeah. have gifts of. Big, ridiculous, you know, yeah. just black smoke spewing, you know, diesel vehicles or whatever. Just 
you know, awesome. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a variety of them, too. Yeah, there's cool. quite a few different ones, and there's some trivia on those online if you feel like looking it up just on IMDb even about what they actually were. You Figures know, the, sold separately. So, yeah. <laughs> so, after they are attacked and saved, that is all we get. And then we cut to our hero. Uh, this is Wolf. Peter Strauss. So he is on his ship, and we get the impression he is kind of on a junk ship. Uh, it's uh, pretty piecemealed, as Max said, like yeah. with most much of the set. So you know his chairs kind of taped together and everything. It's pretty <laughs> pretty crummy looking, but yeah. it's a spaceship nonetheless. So we're impressed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we see he has a lady companion. Chalmers is her name. Yeah. And she is helping repair the ship and assists him. Uh, it's not immediately clear what their relationship is. Yeah, uh, she has a weird stutter. We end up finding out, don't worry. She has a weird stutter when she tries to say the word money. I actually don't know what that was about exactly. I mean, I do, but I don't. Yeah, um, we'll talk so, about that later. Yeah, so that that comes into play a little bit later uh-huh. once we find out a little more about her. Yeah. Uh, so she helps him repair. Uh, there was he got mad and kicked part of the transmitter. Now, real quick before I keep moving on, though, the original transmission when we first met him here. Yeah, is, before we lay eyes on him. Yeah, yeah, before we even see him, he's being, uh, like, he's listening to a voicemail, if you yeah, will. that's what I have, yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's a voicemail. That's fine. It's a, it's a space voicemail, if you will. It's space voicemail. <laughs> um, but this is uh, Harold Ramis doing the voice. Yeah, Harold Ramis. You guys know Harold Ramis from Ghostbusters fame. Egon. He's from that. And that's interesting to know, only because he's not necessarily credited, but this is an Ivan Reitman-produced movie. So we got Ernie Hudson in there, we got... Uh, Harold Ramis uh, in there and this is before Ghostbusters a whole year before so they might have been in pre-production or whatever but Harold Ramis had worked with Ivan Reitman before Ivan Reitman did not direct this but he produced it and Ivan Reitman did stuff like uh, Meatballs with Bill Murray and he also did Stripes with Bill Murray and Harold Ramis is also in that movie Okay, so you can see a lot of different connections going on. Nothing yeah. too big, but it's interesting to note because um, Harold Ramis has a very specific voice. Yeah. When and when you hear, you hear it, it it's definitely him. You're like, ah, you know that voice. Yeah. So that's cool. So Harold Ramis is telling him, and we just basically get a glimpse into Wolf's life, and it's not going too great. Yeah. He's kind of a loser. Yeah, he's kind of a loser. Basically, uh, after Chalmers gets, uh, so he gets mad, he kicks a thing, and then he wakes Chalmers up saying, need to repair the ship. Yeah. So she gets up and does some repairs, and then he tells her to scan for some broadcasts. Yeah. And in short, they take a rescue mission to save the three stranded ladies that yeah. we saw. We learn they're on a planet called Terra 11, and it's uh, what he says something about it being uh, a dead planet, basically. And something like that. It had um, what? It had a. How did he phrase it? I can't remember how he phrased it. I didn't take notes on that one, but. Uh, it's interesting to note when he kicks the thing, it makes an R2-D2 noise. Oh, does it? It does. I, it makes I it don't a... know that I caught that. I can't do it right. That's funny. And that sounded like a cat. <laughs> but like he, it does a specific... And anybody who watches Star Wars, if you hear that, you're like, that's, that's an R2-D2. Oh, there you go. They totally yeah. lifted that thing. That's funny. But they're know. on that planet. I can't remember what they said. But essentially, something had happened to that planet, and, and now... Like yeah, nothing will to, grow. Yeah, or, it wasn't supposed to have any food. Uninhabitable. It's 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 essentially basically wasteland. so they can have a yeah Mad Max style wasteland uh, landscape. Uh, so, so they're basically setting up that there was there was like a war or something that happened. This is one of the planets that a big battle happened, and after that it like destroyed the environment Ravage or something. Yes, yeah, something to that effect. <laughs> I I anyway they if you mention watch it, it, you'll hear it. So. Yeah, they mention <laughs> it in passing. It's. 
It's ultimately just so you know the planet's dead. So, after this, they land, they gear up, and they head out. And they head out in his cool vehicle. Uh, and just to kind of set up a little bit more about Chalmers, the door sticks when they're leaving, like the garage door off the thing. And she kicks it, you know, Fonzie style, and it opens. So cool, you know. And he, he just kind of like shakes his head at her or something. So you can tell he, he thinks she's awesome. You can tell who wears the pants in that relationship. Yeah, there's 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 something going on, but you're not quite sure. So then uh, we get some cool adventuring music as they head out and see what's around. Uh, Chalmers makes a casual mention that they are low on ammo, and he. He says, a wolf says, it's enough. We're not going to war, Chalmers. So, you know, that just kind of sets up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that they, that they, you know, they, they, they're used to this kind of thing. Like yeah. They're used they're, to he heavy just combat. thinks it's a rescue mission. He's just going out to find somebody on a dead planet. Yeah. And this, this should be just something to pay the bills. So they uh, end up running across a big, uh, I have in quotes, sail ship mm. that is on a rail system. I put clipper. Clipper. That clipper. Is a, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> I was like, it's a clipper. It's a rail clipper. Clipper ship. It's on a rails. Cli- on rails. On it's, rails. It, <laughs> on rails. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really a cool design. I, I want to have a gif of this, too. We're going to have... It's very Mad Max. It's very Mad Max. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a cool... Like I said, there's cool-looking vehicles in this with the motorcycle and the ship train... It's got sails and it's on on rails and it, it looks it looks like it <laughs> rhymes. <laughs> I'm a poet and don't know it. No, it, it's very cool looking. It's very cool feeling. Feels like a TV movie, like a pilot for yeah. a, sh- a TV show that never took off or, or whatever. I feel like this should have been a series that just yes. never went somewhere. Anyway, okay, you're reading my mind without going on. Yeah, no, absolutely, you're reading my mind. So, uh, so basically, they're getting ready to go. A- like attack the ship because he see I think he I believe he sees the three girls on the ship. Yeah, and so they, he's they gonna track go, them. I think. Yeah, he's gonna go pods. grab the. Uh, yeah, he's gonna go grab the girls from the ship. But before he can do that, the ship starts getting attacked by someone else. So now they're just kind of sitting back and watching because they're caught up in the middle of a battle that was already about to happen before they got there right. anyway. So then we get a really cool, uh, I thought, a little Mad Max style, as I keep saying, battle taking place. Uh, Wolf ends up running into the battle, onto the ship, and Chalmers backs him up. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to cut it real short. Uh, The girls get kidnapped and carried away into the zone, and the ship's forces are defeated. Yeah. So we learn now that Chalmers got hit during the battle, and she is dead yeah in air quotes yeah he, that you they're can dead. awesomely see just to mention the girls get carried off in a very unique and interesting way this movie literally carried away literally carried away this movie finds interesting ways to do conventional things which which makes this movie stand out just there's, just enough well there's just there's there are some cool little details you can tell somebody cared about the project which yeah kind of neat there's a lot of heart in this i i you know i don't actually know but i feel like this could have been a novel that was made into a screenplay, but I guess oh. that could come into Marvel screen. Like they, um, oh, okay, like they reappropriated it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah I okay. mean, just like when a book becomes a movie. I feel like there's enough well-thought-out details in this uh, third-rate Star Wars. Yeah, we're watching this right now, and it looks amazing. It's just so cool. The scenes are so well-thought-out and planned out that I feel like it could have been a book that was described, you know, with really good description and Mm -hmm. stuff. But I guess, you know, again, that, that could just be attributed to the Marvel screenwriters, you know? I mean, obviously, you know, coming from writing comic books. Visual medium, yeah. It's perfect. So that could just be that. But anyway, we learned that Chalmers got hit. She's dead. And we get our big reveal. She's an android. Yeah. 
So Wolf hits some kill switch after telling her she was the best model. Okay, I was hoping you would mention it because I was going to... And uh, he hits a kill switch and she melts. And that's when he goes and leaves yeah. her on his adventure. It's a very cold and weird little scene for how well they seem to be intertwined. So I felt a little strange about that yeah, one. Yeah, because in the beginning, it's you get a Sam and Diane, uh, Jim and Pam yeah. from The Office. Will they, won't they feel to it? I don't know an updated version, guys. I don't watch a whole lot of TV. <laughs> No, I do. But uh, you get that feeling of a will they, won't yeah. they kind of vibe like, ah, there's some antagonistic. Are they in a relationship? No, they're not in a relationship. She seems like she's her own woman. Yeah, he you clearly know what I mean? likes her, but you end up learning he kind of likes her as a tool, as an yeah. android. Like he respects her. Like, yeah, like, you know, it, it's like she's programmed to give him crap. Yeah, kind of, because they, they banter a bit. Yeah, and things there's, like there's that. definitely yeah. banter. There's definitely tension there. It's, it was just an odd way to end her. It's a I very thought. interesting choice. It's it's super odd. I kind of don't like it. That's one of the few things I'll pick at this movie about. I okay. thought that was weird. But I feel like if this were a series that would have continued, maybe we would meet a new android in each episode of the series <laughs> and maybe there would just be that coldness towards each of them and they're just disposable in this future world which could be fine i suppose but i just i feel like it wasn't explained and it was a little odd it's, it wasn't explained but i can i totally get what you're seeing and now i want to see the movie you're talking about or the tv series you're talking <laughs> about because it's kind of like your phone be like oh man i love my phone but Peter, do you remember your phone two phones ago? Yeah. yeah. No, you, know, you don't think about it ever. So maybe it's like that in this world. Maybe it's like that. Exactly. Who knows? Yeah. So, which could have been cool if it was explained more it, or it went somewhere. If so. it went somewhere, but it doesn't really ever come up again. So he leaves out, you know, leaves her melted, you know, decrepit there. And he ends up running across a small pyramid structure. He climbs up it and he ends up falling into a trap door. This is like a room, it's like a dead room, it's full of skeletons, scrap parts, looks like it was a depot, I think is what we end up finding out. Yeah. Uh, so he runs outside because he hears his vehicle start up, so it's being stolen. The Scrambler, right? Was the Scrambler. Correct. Yeah, that was the name of the vehicle. It's a pretty cool vehicle, too. Yeah, everything big, in this... chains on the tires and everything. That's why cool. it's like this it could be a TV show, because everything looks like it could have been a toy. Yeah. That was yeah. sold. That's true. I just, I just feel like that. Yeah. Uh, but in a good way, in a, in a really good way. They would have been cool toys. They would have been awesome toys. So uh, this is where we meet Molly Ringwald for the first time. And she is uh, stealing his vehicle and attempting to drive it as a 15-year-old would. She <laughs> clearly cannot shift it into gear or anything. It's pretty bad. Yes. And we get... She's stuck. So she is uh, kind of our um, fast-talking, chatty, little bratty girl who's uh you know just spitting uh comments won't shut up basically yeah. and she calls him a scrotting earth bag <laughs> you know there's tons well, of just made up words. yeah she's from this planet so they keep calling him earther earthers yeah yeah, yeah that's people from, from earther earthers. it's like star trek <laughs> you earthers are terrible but uh the funny thing about it i want to this molly ringwald i know i've gone on about her about how much i love molly ringwald but in this movie uh she's like uh, funny and cute, but also that sort of annoying charm in, in that the main character is annoyed by her presence, but there's just something about her. He's like, all right, kid, come on. Yeah, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going right. to look out for you. You're, you're, you're more trouble than you're worth. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of situation. Stupid, like, yeah, yeah, stupid. You're like, ah, oh, come, I can't let it, you know. 
that's that's and she it's not forced at all it's not one of those things where it's like the movie's forcing that on you she really does a really great job of being like both a little annoying just kind of mostly charming know it all little teenager but you kind of like her you're like like, like, she's she's just a kid she doesn't know anything so it's just real talkative yeah it's really great and it's funny okay so this apes star wars later on there's a movie called the phantom menace um it's star wars the phantom menace that came out there's a character called jar jar binks they tried to do the same thing with that character like uh, annoying but charming and they f- it failed miserably if you've watched the prequels watch this movie this is how they should have done that character Jar Jar Binks is Molly Ringwald's character because not yeah, only is she relief. yeah she's comic relief but she's also useful and she can kind of take care of herself yeah. she's not the main hero so she kind of stumbles and falls here and there but she can kind of hold her own because you know as we we learn yeah. yeah she can t- kind of take care of herself she's her own person but she does need somebody to sort of look after her a little yeah, bit because she's not she's an adult still a kid. she's still a kid yeah so uh, i just had to interject that there because this movie did it better than other movies have tried to do sure so, so she, she offers, offers to help him out she's going to be the sidekick uh so she is our street smart little character that's going to keep the plot moving she's scrappy so uh, <laughs> she offers to uh she offers to come along and take him and show him where he needs to go to get the girls if he'll give her some food. Right. So she hops in the vehicle, and now we have our sidekick. So yeah. an epic adventure is underway. It's underway. So she's really talkative, starts telling him the lay of the land. We get to learn a little bit more about the planet as they go along. Uh, so then we get cut to another scene. We meet one of the villains. He is uh, very creepy. We don't know much about him yet at this point, but he is talking about young soft girls and prepping the girls... <laughs> These three girls to come in and uh, come into him. I don't recall this character. Peter, can, who is the character? Well, we don't know who he is yet. Oh, okay. So, so we just get this creepy little scene of him. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty obvious he's talking about the girls from the crash at yeah. the start. So they're obviously, they were stolen off of that ship and they're being brought to him. So now we know a little bit more about the plot. So now we got cut to another funny scene of Wolf and Nikki. They uh, end up, we get to see them interacting some more, their little funny things. They eat, they set up camp to sleep. Little banter between them is pretty funny. Uh, I'm not going to go on and on about it. It's 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 not like mind-blowing or anything. No. It's, but it definitely adds to the does. movie, and it builds on their relationship. Builds some characters. Some yeah. To them. Yeah, they're, ta- I, they're taking their time to, that's the one thing a lot of movies, they go so fast and it's like we're friends and you can't just say we're friends you got to build on it you have to show don't tell this movie shows like like you said it's pretty well written for what it is and their interactions seem like you had mentioned pretty uh, like genuine not forced so no, like they're, they're on they're both chemistry doing is pretty good very good yeah peter strauss i know we we ragged on him earlier he's not a bad actor i just think he's he's a, a little flat. subdued i mean the, just flat is pretty good he's yeah. neutral he's not great but, but he's not terrible yeah so their but their chemistry is pretty good yeah they they work pretty well as a duo i think so. molly Ringwald's doing a lot of the heavy lifting but <laughs> so we get to see a little bit more about them uh in this scene and we cut to another scene where those girls from the, cl- the crash are brought into that gross guy's lair that we saw earlier yep. and we learn he works for overdog who is our villain is uh, Ironside that we see later. We haven't seen him yet. So they inject the girls with a mood enhancer, they call it. 
to pre- before they present them to Overdog. Is that even relevant? Does that even come into play at all? I don't think so. I think we're just getting the point that he's evil and creepy and gross. Who is this again? The 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 bad guy that we made. Okay. <laughs> so they haven't they haven't named him yet. <laughs> all right, all right. I want to talk about. Alright, so back to Wolf and Nikki. They're having an argument. He throws her in some water in a pool that is there. Because he is woken up by her smell. So he wants to clean her. So he is going to forcibly clean her. This sounds creepy. It totally worked, though. It it's works. It's not... So he's making her bathe and he's instructing her on it. She's got her back to him. She's not nude or anything she's fully, she's clothed. fully clothed in the water and it's i'm just have to say that because it sounds really cool when we're talking about it we're like oh yeah whatever because we just mentioned that molly ring was 15 she's fully clothed the problem is that they're arguing back and forth and he's just like you know what you stink you it's know what i mean funny. and he like breaks out some soap and just like just tosses her to- in this water pours it on her head and tosses her in it and then like it she they're like arguing back and forth and then it cuts and there's, he's like sitting on the rock and he's got his hand on his chin and he's like behind the ears like, yeah, just, like yelling instructions <laughs> he's just like her. yelling instructions and, and she's, she's just, just like sitting there maliciously complying it could have been so it. weird and creepy and invasive but it was such a like a a uncle niece moment yeah, it's like you know yeah. what I, I don't <laughs> care that you're a girl I'm gonna show you how to, you, you stink like a dog <laughs> you smell get in there and do it I'm not being creepy but you're just you're getting on my nerves kid that's this is what I was talking about earlier. It's like there's a good, like nice relationship between them. That's yeah. like, you know, student mentor sure. type of situation. And she gets all cleaned up and she looks at him and she he he like kind of grabs 80s. her by the chin or something and he says, "Why you're nothing but a baby." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and of course she's insulted by that. It's you know it's very 80s into where she was all dirty before and she was gross and ooh look at that. But then like she cleans up and it's like oh. Oh, so glamorous. She's so. Oh, look at but that. Just, you're nothing. The ugly duckling has become the swan. Like uh, typical '80s fashion, which is, I think, is glorious and just wonderful. So after that, a uh, giant, like steampunk-style bulldozer vehicle comes in, and after a standoff with the with the vehicle there, we finally meet that it's Ernie Hudson in the vehicle here, who is Washington. Yeah, Washington. So I think in the rest of my notes I keep referring to him as Ernie, so I apologize. I'm talking about Washington. Yeah. So <laughs> I love his vehicle, by the way. I thought it was cool. It is a low riding, like sort of bulldozer, and it has like a a shovel that's like sort of inverted. Yeah, like almost like, like a cow catcher. Like a cow catcher, exactly. Good description. I wasn't describing it right. Like on the front of a train. But I love the sound of it. Yeah. It's, it's just very big and imposing. It's big and imposing, and it sounds like it's talking. Like, when it revs oh, up. that's funny. I didn't get that. I, I yeah. thought it, to me, it sounded like it was like... like i'm gonna get you like in a, in, a, in a weird way in a weird like robotic it's like the vehicle was alive do you know what i mean yeah it's, it's like when yeah. when they do like in disney movies when the thing is just like the animal's like like yeah. the animal's saying i don't know but yeah. he's not saying i don't know yeah. that's what this is like like it, it's, it's like annoying. making this like automatopoeia sound <laughs> and i love it i yeah. think it's really cool like it's not 
tremendously awesome looking. It's it's actually sort of steampunk, yeah, without that's... being um, too hipsterish, <laughs> in in a good way. Well, and I think what lends to that is, like, as we're watching it on the screen here, yeah. it, the back wheel has, like, a train thing going. Um, like, it's got the, uh, it's got a big uh, connector. Yeah, pivot thing, yeah. yeah. You know, if you know what a train is. Anyway. train looks like, and it's got, like, the line that connects to the other thing. Like, the one wheel is driving the other wheel, basically, yeah. it, when they're linked. It's very cool. It's got, like, a, some weird grinder parts on the back. That. Yeah. It looks like it grinds up something for fuel or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a big defense, defense dozer vehicle. Yeah, it's pretty it's, sweet. It's pretty amazing, and it makes a really cool sound. So uh, we end up meeting Ernie Hudson, who we, uh, you know, was Washington. We end up learning through a little standoff and banter that uh, they know, Wolf and him know each other. And it's apparent that they're old military friends. Yeah. And they're both after the same three girls. They're both basically on the same mission separately. Yeah, they're not buddies or anything like that, but they... They sort of know each other, but respect each other, but they don't like each other. You yeah. know, I get that feeling. You know yeah, I, mean? I, I it's definitely that kind of relationship. That. Yeah, and I can't remember if anything's said about why they're that way, actually. But uh, it doesn't end up mattering. No, and again, that's what we're talking about. Where this movie sort of falls short. It, it, some things that it probably should explain, it doesn't. Or and if it did, I didn't catch it. So and I've seen it several times. Yeah, so I don't I think like it, it. I don't think it did. Because uh, Ernie Hudson's character, Washington, is not a big character. In no, this. he only appears a couple of times in it, quite um, frankly. And you could argue that he doesn't really need to be in this movie. That's yeah. why I think the Ivan Reitman-Ernie Hudson connection is, is relevant here. Because I'm like, if you took his character out, would it change too much? Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely would, but you're right. It wouldn't like make the movie better or worse. I mean, I, it wouldn't change the plot. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, probably not. Because they don't need, they don't necessarily need him per se. Well, but they do use him towards the end quite a bit. But they, they do. They, those scenes still could have worked some way around yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. But I'm glad he's in this. I'm not saying take him oh, out. Oh, definitely not. I'm no. Just, if anything, he should have had a bigger role. Yeah, he should have had a bigger role yeah. in this. I'm just saying that. I'm agreeing with you that there's not a real good explanation as to the nature of the relationship, which they could have added on to, which yeah. would have made it a little better. So after they banter and go on and on, uh, his his vehicle, uh, Washington's vehicle, is broken. So uh, Wolf ends up leaving with Nikki and just leaving him there, and they had the two of them head into the zone. So danger zone. <laughs> this is where we get one of the first times that the guy Mac has been trying to name he who shall remain nameless uh, is is mentioned we get an allusion to Nikki says of so she says they're riding too close to the chemist and that she has been hiding from him for years what could that mean who's the chemist uh, it's probably that creepy guy who was talking about soft girls so I'm gonna say you don't talk about soft girls not like that I also do not talk about soft girls so they end up finding at the end of their journey driving here, they find a sewer junction is what I'm going to call it, uh, sort of a thing, and they head out on foot. Uh, they set up camp for the night, and after just a bit, they are awoken by some noises, some weird little noises. Yeah, he... They better investigate like any uh, any good guy in a horror, any good white guy in a horror movie, right? Better investigate. Anyway, that's a Dave, what, Dave Chappelle? Yeah, that's I don't a good know. reference for you. Anyway. I don't know. All right. I don't know. <laughs> I know Dave Chappelle really well. I don't know them. All right. So uh, they hear noises, fall asleep, go to investigate, and they end up finding, I know you want to say something about these guys, Mac, because I, I feel like you 
would really like this scene. So they find these freaky pod people things that are hanging from the ceiling, which start breaking out of their pods, and they start attacking the two of them from both sides. And they're in these awesome, I think, great mutant fat suits. What did you think of their... I'm so glad you asked. I call these people the dumpling people. Dumpling people. <laughs> because they look exactly like fried dumplings. Like you get from a Chinese restaurant. Like, do you want pot stickers? Like, you know, they call, they call dumplings pot stickers. You know, pot, that's exactly it. They look like pot that's stickers fun. with arms and legs. You could also say they look like maggots yeah. with arms and legs. Yeah. They're just all white and mushy and fat and greasy. Really and they have looking. they have eyes but there's no eyeballs, so yeah. it's just like eyes, empty eye sockets. Uh, they're obese, and they also look like baby dolls who have been sitting in the sun and have melted. Oh yeah, they, there's there's just it's like so gross. <laughs> yeah, it, but it's so it sounds it sounds like unbearably gross. But it's it's gross in a way to where it's fun, as if that makes yeah. sense. Like it's not gross. Like oh, this like, is disgusting. This is like oh, this is creepy and fun. There's weird monsters well, after corny. us. They're almost corny looking. It's very clear that there are people in suits. Yeah, it's I, very they're, clear. They're fat it's not. Suits, it's not. Really I'm describing it in a very gross way. But it's a it's a very fun. It's a very fun monster creature Star Wars. It is cool. Yeah. Uh, esque type of way. Like it's it's definitely that kind of level. But it is. It is a little creepy. I'm not going to lie. It's, no, a, it's mean, meant to be menacing. If, if one suddenly came down the stairs right now, I would freak out. <laughs> I would be the stereotypical guy and go like, Oh! Oh God! Peter, save me! <laughs> Don't let it touch any of my stuff. It's all greasy. <laughs> like, but um, no, I, I love that moment. I love that part. And I, I sometimes I rewind it. Like when I was watching this for, for the podcast... I totally, <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, I need to rewind that because it's just so good. And Peter right now is dialing it up for us as we're watching in the basement. It is, it's such a good effect. That's what I was talking about. Like it, it, it gives you this sense of like menace and dread, but you're never like scared. If you, if you, if you let a little kid watch this, especially it's, nowadays, yeah, it's lighthearted and lighthearted. When I, I watched yeah. this when I was probably six or seven years old and I loved it I thought it was great you know what I mean because it like Peter said you can tell it's a guy in a suit but for the movie it just adds to the world yeah it does a pretty good job world building yeah Yeah, I don't think I don't know if we've stressed that enough but it does a great job building this this world that you're in yep yep so they obviously escape from the mutants because they are awesome and so (laughs) they get jump back in their uh, scrambler and they head out of that sewer junction area into more sewers. Yeah. Cut, and we get a cool scene with this chemist, finally. Yay! And so we know he's the chemist, and he is talking to Overdog, Michael Ironside. And uh, he is telling him about his gifts, the girls, and he is bringing them in. Yeah. Um, now, what I thought was really cool about this scene was you don't immediately see Overdog. You just see him talking to him. Yeah. And it's really, I did like that. It's really cool scene, I thought. Really creepy. It's actually on right now here. And he's in – all you see is like this glass – bubble sort of like a dodecahedron style but it's yeah. i mean it's got many more sides than that yeah but it's like a uh you know it's all like glass and you know pieced together really cool and you just see this guy inside that starts like moving around and you suddenly realize he's like a cyborg 
sort of a thing, but he doesn't have legs, so how is he moving? It's not really clear yet. It's not really clear. He looks it's cool. He is very cool. Um, this is Michael Ironside. This is the overdog. He's the big bad guy of the movie. He looks like an 80s action figure. Yeah, he does. Uh, we don't get a good gl- glimpse at him yet. Uh, I won't spoil it for you just yet. Right. But you, you can, can see in the scene... The only thing I'll say yeah. is you can see he has claws for him. He's got claws. And when I see he's got claws, these aren't like Captain Hook type claws. These claws are like two feet long. This is like if you Huge watch Futurama, it's like clamps. Yeah. But, but yeah. like big. <laughs> it's definitely like that. It's definitely like that. I, I really like Michael Ironside, as I said. He has an amazing presence. He's He can be very intimidating and very just edgy and cold and cutting and biting. And he's he's really great. That's why he usually plays the bad guy. Or if he's not the bad guy, he's like the um, the drill sergeant type character. Yeah. He's like the hard nose, like overpowering. He, he, he he's tough, but he's fair. Kind of guy. Yeah, like he, he's a very he's got a very good uh, presence when it when it comes to that. I wanted to ask you, Peter, uh, about the chemist. What did you think of the chemist? He's not in the movie a lot. He's not in the movie a lot, um, but I thought he was pretty cool in the way that he was very creepy sidekick bad guy. Yes. He could have been a main bad guy, but what was kind of cool is they took that main villain and they said, let's make him uh, like sidekick to a bigger villain. Yeah. And so they're both super creepy. So in this scene that we were just talking about, you know, the chemist brings these girls in, and I all I'm going to say about it is overdog is very creepy to these girls to his gifts yeah and it's very creepy and i i mean that in the way that like you'd expect this from a movie that was rated r or something this is pg honestly i thought this was a little like whoa like i can't believe this is this it's, it's it's a little creepy if it's I were to intense be this to a kid it was, it's intense this one scene, they don't nothing is really shown it's one of those movies bit, where it's like it's like um alfred hitchcock where there's a lot of tension and a lot, some things are implied, but the implication Almost lets like your imagination works. run wild, and it works. They to start get, to show a little something, though. A like, little something, but n- not enough to make it. You know, it's a PG movie. It's, it's, it's enough to make you uncomfortable before it cuts away. Yeah, I guess. But is a good the way imp- to put the implication it. there the implication. is like, oh, yeah. like, you know, you're, you're grabbing the collar of your shirt, like, oh boy, yeah. like you're just. It's a little unsettling. It, it gets to an that you understand point, that, and then it moves on. That he doesn't play. This guy doesn't play. He's the and big bad guy. No one messes with him. And to your question, though, that's what was kind of cool about the chemist and the overdog. I thought. Uh-huh. I did think the chemist. Um, I, I I felt like he was a little lacking on the um, the what am I trying to say? The character uh, side, like the the not so much the character the screen time. No, his uh costume is a little corny. His costume is is not very well done. That's why it looked like it was just they, kind of. They, this together. movie is very efficient. It felt like uh, who did Blood Fist? We just talked about him. That producer, Roger Corman. Roger Corman. It felt very Roger Corman. It was very efficient. They yeah. focused where their attention where they needed to focus their yeah. attention because they put a lot of detail on Overdog, but not on the chemist. The Overdog guy, he's, he's amazing. He's very very detailed, like his outfit and everything. I mean, the way that you see when you see him, you know what I mean? Yeah, very detailed. His character is very detailed. Chemist is really creepy and everything like that. But I feel like they just didn't put any time into like his makeup and stuff. Not any time, but much time. Yeah, as, as much time as other characters. Let me put it that way. Yeah. So they they clearly there was thought there and everything. No. So I, I mean, I was interested about that. I have my notes in here. I, I think he's funny. Yeah. 
He has a couple one-liners that that made me chuckle. I think he's gross in in the not a not a gross in like a I don't know like if you're watching Frankenstein and you know Igor is gross or something like that that kind of gross nothing nothing gory or anything like that but mostly just like oh you're kind of slimy and weaselly and underhanded and you're not. You're just, uh, you're just filth. You wouldn't, wouldn't give him a hug. No, you wouldn't want to have anything to do with him. <laughs> and to him. also, this is what I love. I'm sorry, I'm a kid of the 80s. I love the 80s, and I love movies like this. And I love nuanced movies as well. But this guy just loves being evil. Yeah. Both Overdog, which is the big bad guy, and The Chemist. Yeah. They love no bones about it. Villains. Being they are just villains. Evil. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, yeah, embrace that. And yeah. own that man, own that badness. So yeah. I was just curious and of how you felt about it. But yeah, I feel everything you said. You said it so succinctly, is uh, how I feel about it. But it's just it's wonderful, and it's it. Uh, I wish they we could spend more time with side characters like the chemist and Ernie Hudson's character. But yeah, unfortunately, their screen time is not completely there. So. No, it's it's not enough time. It's only a ninety minute movie. So, but yeah. but yeah, what we get is pretty good. Yeah. So, so at this point, point after he gets his gifts and we get the creepy scene, we cut back to Wolf and Nikki again. They're driving through some water, I'm going to assume, was still in kind of the sewer areas, but it's a little uh, more metallic and brighter now. Yeah. Um, and uh, they get attacked. I love the uh, set, by the way. She gets out to, uh, yeah, this set is really cool. Because every, you know, every scene in this, like, there's just well thought out... Um, areas i mean it's just it's it's very cool uh, a lot of a lot of time put into thinking about this stuff I, again that's where i think maybe the marvel screenwriters came yeah in. Um, but a lot anyway. of imagination yeah definitely definitely a lot of detail for for seemingly no reason when you really step back and think about it and, and i only mean that because it did not need to be this detailed for the story but they put somebody bothered to put this effort into it which is cool and it makes me appreciate it and so Nikki gets out of the vehicle to go scan ahead. She gets attacked, uh, pulled under the water. And uh, so we end up basically learning there's a tribe of women that are about to attack them. And they, they make a crack about Wolf being a, a good breeding man. And he makes his crack back. Uh, or she, and then she says, uh, I bet we'd kill him. And he says, I'll take that bit. I'll take that bit. <laughs> Again. You know, typical 80s male fashion. Yeah. Murder, so. You know, he's all man. He's all man. And he's if all man. You th- if you thought otherwise. He, he just, just proved you wrong. He'll just prove you wrong. So, <laughs> so then all of them suddenly get attacked by a monster snake thingy in the water, which is pretty cool because it's another creature in a similar fashion to those uh, the creepy fat guys, the dumplings we saw in the sewer just a little bit ago. And so the snake thing is uh, basically it's attacking them. Wolf, you know, because he's cool. Don't they he, call it a dragon? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I think they did yell something. It's like, like a that. sea dragon or something. Yeah, like that. and Wolf takes care of it for him, you know, because he's he's our hero. Which I actually kind of like the underwater scene. We're watching it right now. Underwater scenes are hard to do. Yeah, but it's it's not bad. I like the look of it. You can see everything that's going on. It's very clear, and yeah. it's very it's it's not bad. It's no. okay. It's very short. It's because there's like underwater fighting and struggling is like it gets boring after about twenty seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they don't waste any time there. Nope. Nope. And so they, uh, you know, Wolf takes care of that snake, or the dragon, and they escape back out to the surface. Uh, there's quite a bit of uh, dialogue and banter here between Wolf and uh, Nikki. 
Um, I won't harp on that too much because you just got to watch the movie. But in short, they hike around for a while. Things are getting pretty bad. Not looking too good for our heroes. How will their fate turn out? Uh, so Wolf is carrying Nikki after a little while because she's basically passed out and she's in need of water. And guess who rolls up? Ernie Hudson is back on on the scene. Washington is back. Yeah. So he is in his big vehicle, his cool vehicle again. So I guess he got it running. And uh, he teases Wolf. They have a whole little scene. He ends up giving him some water, which uh, you know he gives to Nikki, of course. And then everything is right with the world. So our again, are back. he's just he's taking care of her. He's taking yeah. her on. He's lost. His uh, little pet, which was the Android, which sounds weird to say because they had a, a sort of a different relationship. But I don't, again, when I talk about that, I don't know if that's our implication of their relationship. Like we put that on them, yeah. but it's not actually the relationship or the relationship within the world is that they're, it's, he's, it's just a thing and he sort of owns it and he works with it. But now this, she's this, a tool he can use. It's his tool that she's used and not that Molly Ringwald's character, Nikki, not that she's a tool, but now it's his new pet. It's his new pop project that he has because yeah, yeah. he just lost his old one. Well, he's got to keep her going towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah without Chalmers, she's sort of the replacement, but she's not an android. She's a real She's person. a real person, so he's, he's you can tell there's a little bit of struggle there. So there's there's some thought behind this. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that is a good point, actually. I hadn't, you know, I, I didn't consciously connect that until you just said it. Yeah, so. So they, uh, they uh, Washington and uh, Wolf end up making a little deal to get the girls together. And they go and grab Wolf's vehicle. Basically, they're uh, stopped off a safe zone kind of before going into the zone. And they're hanging out talking about plans. Um, two vehicles suddenly pull up, like these uh, cool like motorcycle kind of things. And uh, you know, everybody gets on high alert for a minute. It's basically two guys from the beginning that I didn't really touch on, but they were from that ship on rails. And uh, they show up. And they are going to kill Overdog in the zone, and they're taking a rest. So basically, they're like, hey, we're here in peace. Just, you know, let us rest. We're all, you know, heading into the zone to kill Overdog. So yeah, we're on the same quest for different reasons. Yeah, same side, you know, everything's cool. No big deal. So then, I like this scene because it's super creepy. Next scene is a bunch of creepy mutant baby children things. That are all lining the cliffs above them, holding what appear to be firebombs, and turn out to be firebombs, and chanting. It's really, really creepy, unsettling scene. And they talk about it a little bit. They end up saying these are the results of the chemist's uh, experiments and things, yeah. and that he would do this to children. And so we learn, you know, it adds to his evilness, as you touched on before, Yeah. There's like an impending threat, but like, when you look at it, and even, um, it's funny that you say it, but. Even when Wolf, our hero, he's like, are those kids? Like, he says it like we're saying it. Like, the audience, is, he's speaking for the audience. He's like, are those are those kids? And they're right. just like, no, those aren't kids. Yeah. Like, the, 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 not anymore. The, 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 it's something that's gone horribly wrong. They're and you're right. It's like an impending doom yeah. that, like, looms over something. And it's very... This movie has moments where it's... A little unsettling that, that come out of nowhere because it's mostly a fun, funny, lighthearted adventure. Yeah. But then there's there's moments where it gets a little serious and it gets a little it gets like dark. <laughs> it gets a little dark, which I like, man. Yeah. That's, the '80s movies should do that a lot. Well, well and that's, that's this could only be a PG movie in the '80s. I mean, that's what's interesting to me. And I'm not saying it deserves an R rating, but PG-13 just for the unsettling implications, as you said, you know, even earlier. Yeah. Like I just feel like this is not. A I don't PG know movie. if it's PG-13. 
it's it teeters on that edge. We'll agree. How about we agree to that? Uh, well, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do any. I mean, the implications are there, but if a little kid is watching this, yeah. it's gonna go over their head. All, All right. they're gonna feel and know is that it's something bad, but they may not fully grasp why it's why? bad. Yeah, they know that guy's evil. Or do you know what I mean? It's gonna something. go over their head. Sure, and that's why I say it's it's still PG. I I would recommend this to. I mean, we're not gonna get into that, but yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that later. But so the the little kids start throwing those firebombs that they're holding at the, at our our heroes down below and those two extra guys yeah and uh, get a bunch of cool extra guys cool explosions and they're not our heroes all the vehicles roll out and uh, basically Ernie's uh, well Washington's vehicle gets busted leaving uh, they argue they end up all leaving together after they get his vehicle fixed just to skip over a little piece and keep this moving here. Uh, so they arrive at the Overdog's Palace area, which is a pretty cool shot there. As you talked about these worlds and shots and scenery is very cool. So yeah, I really like there. that. So we get, you know, now they go into, uh, they start going into the palace. And one of the interesting little trivia pieces I saw at this part is, so when they're going into the palace, they uh, knock out a couple guards. One of these guards was uh, Colin Mockery, if you know, from uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh no way! So he was yeah un- uncredited in it. He has that's it now funny. in his credits on IMDb. He does as an uncredited role. Oh, okay, cool. So he is a guard. So that's just kind of a funny. That is super funny. Well, you know the guy. This you. This is a completely obscure. But the chemist. I forgot to mention this when we were talking about him. He's the fat friend in Billy Madison. Oh, if you've ever seen Billy Madison, yeah, yeah, he's Pete. There's Pete and Frank. Yeah, Frank is Norm Macdonald from right, SNL. Right. That's funny. And the other, the fat guy, I was like, who is that fat guy? That's the chemist. Ah, uh, right. That's the chemist. I did not pick up on. I, that. I forgot to mention that that's earlier. Funny. But that's funny. No, I didn't know that from who, whose line is it anyway? That's awesome. Yeah. So after basically knock out a couple guards here as they're getting into the palace, uh, they're just in time to see Overdog starting some games, as he calls them. Where there's basically, we see the what's kind of like a maze down below, sort of like an arena style. He calls it a maze at one point. What would you call it? That's why I called it that. Uh, It's kind of like a... Obstacle course. Obstacle course. It's Old style, like... American Gladiators. It is obstacle course. But deadly, of course, you know. Nobody's firing tennis balls at him. Oh, no, no. This is like, people are dying on this course. So, uh, they're starting these games and people try to escape, like, from a crazy robot thing that's down there. Um, I thought this whole scene was very interesting just because of the attention to the detail in the arena. It seemed very imaginative. Um, and this is where I think you touched on earlier you didn't want to ruin much of Overdog's physical appearance, but we well, get a full not, view of it. Not just yet. I, but we, we, we get a full view of it. I want to talk about it now if you're, if you're ready. We can. I st- there's obviously still quite a bit to go here, but yes. We Did you want to talk about that? No. You're good. Okay. Yeah, yeah this, this is where we first see him in his full. In his full stance. Okay, so Overdog, he doesn't have like any hair on his body. He's pale. Uh, he's got giant, giant claw hands that are like two feet long. Uh, you don't really see the lower half of his body, so we get the sense that he's more machine than man. You know, we got that sense of him, which, you know, philosophically that says a lot, but that's this movie's not going that deep and I'm not not going that deep, but we we get it. We get it. He's a bad guy and the machine part of him is taken over and he's on a swinging sort of uh, platform that dips and dives. It goes up and down and across and it seems to almost access every part of his lair. 
Yes. It's, um, it's like from overhead. It's, it's from overhead. It's kind of like a, it reminds me of a claw machine sort of a thing. Yeah. Like a track, but he can move up and down like a puppet kind of almost. It's really weird. He seriously looks like an action figure uh, for a Saturday morning 80s cartoon in, in, the, in the best possible way. Yeah. Like well, yeah, you, you would want, you would want the overdog action playset. You know, Wolf sold separately. Now with working arena. You're now with working arena and death spikes. No, <laughs> like that. You would. It's and it looks amazing. I, I don't think we're. I don't think I've said that yet. I love it. I love the way it looks because yeah. he can access everywhere. He's sort of looming over everything. I mean, this is just great '80s bad guy stuff, and you've got a great actor in this apparatus. Just giving a really great performance. I'm, you're scared of him. Yeah. He's, if you're a little kid watching this, you're scared of him in the best way possible. Definitely creepy. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he's definitely, he might give you some nightmares for younger kids. Yeah. You know, he's got metal teeth and all that. But I love his look. Yeah. I love his clamp hands and his pivoting platform that hovers above. So I can't say enough good stuff about the effects and the sets. You know, all, all the good stuff that... Uh, the vehicles, all the stuff, good stuff that went into yeah. to making this movie, a lot of giving it a good atmosphere, giving it a good sense of a world that you're just like, we're on an adventure. This is something we haven't, we've seen it before, but um, this is this is kind of new version, new version of it that we that we might have it, you know, slightly different yeah. angle that we haven't seen. I won't say we haven't seen it before. It's a slightly different angle of something we've maybe we've seen before. So it seems familiar. Yeah, very fun. I, I like everything about. This movie is fun. Yeah. No, it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, and so they, uh, while they're there watching the games begin, they end up running into one of those guys that was on the motorcycles that was from the ship at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, he says his brother, the other guy, was thrown into one of the slave pens, which appear to be the guys that are playing the game. It's kind of what's inferred. So they end up concocting a little plan. They sneak into, uh, uh, Washington sneaks down to the slave pens and lets them out. Uh, Nikki was supposed to be outside but snuck back in and gets caught by a guard and she is suddenly being taken to the chemist and so she's swept away so that's what's going on we get a lot happening at once here and so meanwhile back into the arena the games is you know they're still going on Wolf sneaks over to them like disguised as a guard with like a mask on half his face and so he's uh, you know getting in there and then uh, Ernie plants a bomb or sorry Washington <laughs> it's a bomb to cause a diversion down by the slave pen where he let the, the people out. And uh, Wolf then attacks the guys around him, frees the three girls from the cage next to the overlord, and starts to, you know, try to get them out of there. So the chemist then is, you know, off around the side there or whatever, and he presents Nikki to the overdog. He says that he likes her. For the maze. <laughs> yeah, so he says it exactly like that. going to go into the wonderful delivery. There. So it was pretty funny, yeah, because he's like, ooh, I like her. For the maze. I met you, not, so, not him. It was yeah. a good delivery. You did oh, a good job. <laughs> so uh, they throw her in and tell her she'll go free if she makes it, basically. Yeah. So she gets into the maze. She gets past where we've seen others get, you know, only get to. She starts to flee, gets pushed back in, she keeps going and is doing well. <laughs> so, meanwhile, we see uh, Wolf getting the three girls out of there, making their escape that is going pretty well so far. Uh, Wolf is going in, he's going to go back in and save Nikki from the maze because he sees her starting to struggle a little bit. And this is where, like you said, the relationship had developed a little bit. It's sort of like the father figure sort of a thing. He doesn't want to let her struggle, so he wants to go help her. 
so he, he goes, goes to help her, and Overdog, she ends up getting out. So let's just say Wolf shoots one of the vehicles, helps her get out. So she gets out. Overdog goes over to greet her and congratulate her and says that he lied. No one goes free and carries her off. I lied. As we were, you know, not expecting. I'm not really sure. Um, so, uh, it's within character. It's definitely on brand for him. It, I d- could definitely see it coming, you know. It's not like he surprised me there. Um, so we go back to Overdog's lair. So he's got her, uh, like, chained up against a wall kind of thing there, and he is draining her vitality because he's very old. We really don't know how this is working. They don't explain it. It doesn't... We just get that he's just... He's well, he says he's very old and he's taking her vitality. Yeah. So... She passes out, you know, apparently being drained and given to him, so he's getting strength. So Wolf starts to, you know, break into the lair. He attacks the chemist, gets into the lair with Overdog. There's a quick exchange of gunfire and stuff commences, you know, they're going at it. And uh, Overdog ends up getting Wolf. Wolf grabs a broken electrical cable, I think, and shocks Overdog with it. You know, stabs him with this <laughs> big cable thing, and uh, you know, since he's like a cyborg, as Mac mentioned, mostly you know more uh, robot than human. Yeah, this is not very good for him. So it bad. You know, drains his vitality, as it were. So Nick and Nikki and Wolf. Almost said Nick and Wolfie. Nikki and Wolf make their escape through some explosions and falling pillars and stuff. And uh, Washington shows up in his bulldozer vehicle and, uh, you know, get some awesome uh, heroic adventure music and they make their escape from the palace, which we can see in the background, imploding on itself and falling apart. Yeah. This all happens pretty rapidly. Yeah, this is pretty quick. It happens pretty quick. I think it happens a little too quick for me. I, I, I kind of want it to linger, linger a little more, but then you realize there's not any real relationship between uh, Nikki and Overdog or Wolf and Overdog. Yeah. There, he's just the bad guy. Yeah, he's just driving the story. So there's there's nothing that needs to There's nothing personal. There's nothing personal. So it's not like you'll never get away with it or overdog. You'll never you'll pay for all your there's not really a whole right. lot. Well, of he that. wasn't there to dispel, you know, dispatch with overdog or anything. He's like that. he was just there to get those girls. He was just there to get the girls for rescue mission so he could get paid. Exactly. Um and he's just trying to look over Nikki as he goes about it. So for me, it happens a little too quick. That's my one gripe about this: is that the ending's a little yeah eh. rushed, almost. Yeah, yeah. So, so after that, after they make their escape and it implodes, we cut to them hanging out on Wolf's ship again. They're laughing, telling stories, you know, having a good old time. So Nikki decides she's gonna act all emo and say she's leaving, and she argues with him, and then he finally admits that he wants her to come with him on the ship and leave the planet, and they hug. Totally not creepy. Uh, no, I think it's a it's a good hug no, it was a good because he's like she's like you're not gonna leave without me, are you? Yeah, and I, I said it a bit sarcastic. You did say it very sarcastic. <laughs> I didn't mean it sarcastic. No, it's fine. Uh, but no, it was it's it was a very tender moment. It was a good moment. I was like, oh, okay, these guys are gonna look out for yeah. each other. He's, well, and this is where I think it like it felt like it should have kept going on as a series because it felt like oh now we have him with somebody and where are they going next? You know, sort of thing. What are these wacky kids gonna do? Yeah, they leave they leave you hanging. So basically, after that, we just see the ship take off into the stars. We get the title card with some awesome word art that says the end and the credits roll. Yeah, it just so. flies at you because remember this is in 3D. We only mentioned that at the beginning, but honestly, there's not too much in this that would make it 
3D? I mean, I mean there's fire. There's fire. Uh, there's fire some parts you see pendulums running by. Things in the ma- there's, there's some little stuff. I mean, like I said, Overdog's in that, on that. Well, Overdog's on that. Overdog is on that pivoting platform that moves. It moves in and out. So, but it doesn't move in and out in the screen where like it's a Jaws 3D. Have you ever seen Jaws? Yeah. 3D. It's not like hyphen D. It's not like that where it's like, oh, we're coming at you. This is coming at the screen. Like it's not like that. But there there are some things there, and you know, 3D is just back then. It's like it is today. It's gimmicky. Yeah. Uh, it was just a thing. Uh, you know, it's it, for what it was a week. It, it's a good primer for Star Wars. I bet you Star Wars fans kind of liked it at the time, and we're just like, eh, it's like it's like a, a warm up to the main act, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I just overall, I really love the scenery in this movie. I just want to say that one more time. I know we've said it a few times. Uh, there's just a lot of attention to detail. I won't keep going on about that. Um, we've said that enough. Uh, but just you know, I think we've kind of made our recommendation pretty clear on yeah. this one as it's gone through. Uh, do you have anything else you wanted to? I just just to clarify the recommendation i do recommend this movie if you're a star wars fan i think this is one to watch because you can get a idea of the landscape at the time so this is around the time of the return of the jedi came out and it's really fun i think even if you're not into star wars i think this movie's still accessible to the general viewer yeah i think it's a good family movie uh in the sense of it's like it's like a little sci-fi adventure well, and as you mentioned too, it doesn't harp on the sci-fi too much. It's, it does. We've mentioned Mad Max style quite a bit. So it's very it's, accessible. It's yeah. It's very. It's like post-apocalyptic, but it doesn't like hammer it home too much. It's uh, not too dark. Very cool. It's it's really it's it's fun. It's fun. Ultimately, it's a fun little adventure. It's a good Saturday afternoon movie. You got yes. some dishes to do. You got some laundry to fold. Whatever. Throw this on. You know, and watch it. You're sitting and it's raining. You got nowhere to go. You know, you're not going anywhere and and nobody's whatever. You can text on your phone or and watch this movie or you can just get on whatever on your phone and just watch this movie and have it in the background or play a board game. Or yeah, something like you can that. Fade in and out of it. it you can fade 100%. in and out of this. It doesn't require your hundred percent attention. You can pick it up pretty well. It's. I wouldn't say it's boring. It's not boring. No. It takes its time, but it's very well paced. It's well done. It's a solid movie. It's not gonna knock your socks off, but it's definitely worth your time if you enjoy sci-fi and you're looking for something you haven't seen before. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, That's all I have to say about it. Peter, great job as usual <laughs> wrapping it up. Great Thanks. job on the recommendation. This is definitely one. This is kind of a first for us for something. I mean, the other movies that we watched, I've liked. I think. Oh, we definitely like them, just for different reasons. Uh, this is a different reason. This yeah. one is a genuine love. I think this one sits in the warm places of our heart, where it's like, oh, Space Hunter. That's a, that's a good that's one. That's a good movie. That's a good yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. You know, you know, it's not it's not one you're just like, oh man, you haven't seen that. It's like, oh no, you you, you can definitely check that out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Won't be your Desert Island movie. But it's definitely <laughs> a good movie. Good callback. <laughs> I like that. Uh, any recommendations for this week, Peter? Anything you want to talk to or tell the people of the uh, interwebs um, on the on the webular zone? Not a whole lot. Uh, okay. No. Well, I just want to mention a few things. I have a slight recommendation since we're talking about Star Wars. Yeah. I want to mention my good friends. Um, they have a podcast called Grand Moff Talkin', not Tarkin, like the character. <laughs> 
from Star Wars, A New Hope, 1977. We're talking about Grand Moff Tarkin, and they're talking about Star Wars. It's for the modern Star Wars fan. Um, these guys are really funny. They've got great chemistry. Uh, you've got Jake, Riley, and Isaac. What's up, guys? Hopefully we can do a crossover episode with them. But not only are they good friends, I genuinely enjoy this podcast. So if you're looking for something a little different, uh, these guys are a little bit more down to earth. They're funny. They've got really interesting takes, well well thought out, and uh, they're fun to listen to. And they uh, they approach things with a little humor. Uh, but they definitely take Star Wars seriously. They love it. So I recommend you listen, check out that podcast if you're looking for a good Star Wars podcast. We're, we're in Star Wars season, people. Right now, at the time of this recording, we're, you know, we're, we're a month away from The Last Jedi. I think at this point, by the time this gets released, Last Jedi will come out. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited about it. <laughs> I'm super excited about yeah. it. So hopefully, uh, I know it's going to be good. I think Ryan Johnson's our man. <laughs> if Star Wars fans are out there, my wife is so tired of me talking about Star Wars. <laughs> but I'm super excited about it. But yeah, definitely te- uh, check out Grand Moff Talkin'. And that's... Uh, Talking, not ing, in, like we're talking about Grandma talking. So definitely check that out. Uh, make sure you guys check us out, supermovieball.com on the web. We have some info on there. We've updated it. We have some Twitter information on there. We post on Instagram some weird and quirky stuff you can check out. Uh, we've also got things, uh, information updates are on the website. All the fun stuff, all the quizzes and the trivia, and the funny uh, gifts. So make sure you go there. We want to hear from you guys. So tweet back at us. Like us. Subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We appreciate that. That'll definitely help the show out. And recommend us if you enjoy this. Or if you know somebody that would... If maybe you don't enjoy it yourself. Maybe recommend it to somebody who will. That'd be good. You can also email us with questions, suggestions, and constructive criticism at supermovieball at gmail.com. So super, supermovieball.com on the web. At SuperMovieBall on Twitter and SuperMovieBall at gmail.com. Vader, one last chance. What you got for us? Just <laughs> you should have you should have said something like pickles. <laughs> hey guys, eat more pickles. Yeah, you totally should. I know. Invest in pickles. I know. Invest in pickles. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely perfect. And on that note, we are so tired, and I'm done. Thank you guys for listening. Thank we you. appreciate it. Not get enough sleep last night. I really like this movie. I liked it too. It's a good fun little. It is. It is. You did a good job, Peter. As always. Oh man. Oh man. Sorry. Um. Crisis at work. Oh. Sorry. Um. Guy from work. Contacted me. I didn't mean to get on my phone, but I was still engaged. I, was still engaged. I, was I, I could tell something was going on. Yeah, I was still engaged. I kept going. Sorry. Honestly, my work's not worth interrupting my podcast. I can care a lot more about that. That's fine. I didn't know that it wasn't No, I, I appreciate you not. I was still engaged. If I would have stopped, I would just would have said, hey, Kim, and stop. But you did good. Cool. You did good. I, I like that spear. Yeah, that he was in. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a golf ball. Well, that's why, like, it's like... 
It's got so many sides. But they're not, they're not, nothing's symmetrical. Yeah. It's, oh, look at that explosion. That's great. It's weird though, because when I saw it here as it's exploding, that's not what I remembered seeing when they showed it all looming earlier. This is like scaffolding on the side of a mountain. That's not what I saw earlier. What are, no, it's not. But the, but the big grand palace. Yeah, when you come up, it's that, but it's, you, you can tell they had that shot and they're like, no, you can't blow that up. I'm wondering if they... If, if we're, we're supposed, supposed to assume that he led them into the back of it or something. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where they sit and is in the back of it. Yeah. Um, she's great in this movie. <laughs> I, and I literally can't believe that she's 15 because she just... She has such poise and presence and... I, I, I thought she was like 20 years old. Look like a better actor. Yeah, she, she doesn't look... When you think 15, you think like... Not a little girl, but you, you don't think that. Yeah. I just... I thought she was just a little as an adult. It's weird. She just handled herself very well. 